Welcome to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 96 for the 28th of November, 2008. Hi James, how are you? I'm very well, Ian. And yourself? I'm well. We're uh, into couch and uh, 96. Yes, on the couch. Here we are. We're not. We're not actually on the couch today, as is mm-hmm. more than often the case. But uh, we're virtually on the couch. Indeed. Um, and we're having uh, having our usual collection of news from the world of broadcast and entertainment Indeed. technology. Yeah, and quite a lot of interesting little snippets and bits and bobs and weirdo stuff here. But we'll be covering the standard kind of business bit, technology stuff, content delivery. Mobile, gaming, and uh, other crazy stuff that catches our eye during the week. There's always a bit of weird stuff going on in the world. It's a wonderful, always. weird world we're in. So, um, I guess the business news, we should kick straight off, really, shouldn't we? Mm. Um, this was a little snippet I saw about Atlantic Records, one of the old mm-hmm. classic labels, mm-hmm. um, have... Recently, I don't know what the, the metric is here, but basically their electronic sales have eclipsed their physical media sales. Which, so, in some ways, I'm surprised it's taken so long to get to this point. Hmm. Uh, but still, apparently they're the first of the major... Uh, to come out and say, you yeah, know. We make most of our money from digital sales now and not from physical CDs anymore. Hmm. Well, and not just CDs, of course. There's, that, there's concert ticket sales and merchandise as well. Um, so there's still traditional stuff there and, and I guess you know event management putting on events they do it's more mm-hmm. promotion than actual mm-hmm. making money but uh, there we go so is that the um, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back uh, well the, the article does say by the difficulty for these these uh, studios is that by 2013 if it keeps going at the same rate the whole of music revenues will be down 37% from their 1999 levels uh, well, which is, which is nuts because there's more. I mean, the back catalogue gets bigger, doesn't it? Yeah, so that's that's kind of. So you tough think they'd be selling uh, more, but um, clearly mm. it is not the case. Anyway, so that's Very quite interesting. interesting. An inflection point in the music industry. So Absolutely, that's quite fun. Um, you've got something here about technology stuff. What's all this all about? Mobile yeah, now, TV. In, this is in the in uh, in the US now. The ATSC, the Advanced Television Systems Committee. Um, which right. basically defines all the standards uh, in in the US mm-hmm. uh, for things that at least aren't cable-related, uh, has approved a system that will allow digital TV stations to broadcast mobile channels. Uh, now, of course, we've, there's, there's a couple of different competing systems mm-hmm. uh, for this, namely uh, Qualcomm version and uh, DBBH, as we know, which is uh, pretty much endorsed in, in Europe. Yeah, well, it's mandated, I think, isn't it? Yeah, But they've gone for yeah, a wacky LG Electronics one, have they? Uh, yeah, it's based on... Mobile pedestrian <laughs> handheld. <laughs> which pedestrian, you know, you just don't want to use a word like that. When NPH, you're talking about. I mean... <laughs> uh, which was, yeah, it was developed by LG and by Harris. So I don't mm. know how they... That's how did weird, they decide on that one? They must have, I don't know, compared... What were the factors? Well, they couldn't use GBH, could they? Because that would be... No, that would just be doing what those European <laughs> people are doing. <laughs> that would be like saying, oh, but DV, DVB's better, which uh, mm. they're ATSC. And so they, maybe they're just good at picking standards, which are weird. Um, 
Mm, they never seem to. Oh, well, I mean, it's. It, it, it's and as always, we were talking before the show, I mean, no one's on their feet in America anyway. They're all driving. So <laughs> exactly. So you can't exactly. I mean, maybe it's good for kids watching TV in the back seat of the car. Yeah, perhaps. I guess so. Yeah could be uh but um i don't know i, I don't know where, where this puts qualcomm now that uh their standard has got the got the big no well it doesn't mean they won't be used because i mean they're being used predominantly on the mobile networks aren't they which obviously mm. you know atsc to be honest as far as i can see hasn't had a great start in the u.s i mean except for, i guess now they're having the big boost because of the the um the coupon scheme and getting the, the mm. dtv adapters mm, absolutely but outside of that you know they were kind of nowhere um, mm. Mm. So technology stuff—that's weird. Um, loads of content delivery news. Mm. It's all happening at all the moment. And I think one thing we didn't kind of write down, but I also saw that um, I think Netflix has been bought by Sonic. Oh, serious? Yeah, I think so. That was wow. a bit of news I saw today. So, what does that mean for Netflix? Well, it probably means they weren't doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on that note, um, Blockbuster is partnering with Two Wire, who I guess are a set-top box vendor, to provide um, an on-demand movie set-top box, which I guess has some kind of progressive download. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should probably try and pick one of these up in America and see if you can bring it back. It might work in the UK for only $99 or something. Fantastic. Yeah, and maybe you get I'll a, just go and a hybrid, well, it's not even a hybrid box, I guess. It's just a, a, net, a network-connected box, and you get apparently... Uh-huh. 99 free rentals or something if you buy one. Wow. And then you have rentals at just $1.99. That's... Yeah. So if they don't yeah. GOIP it, I reckon if you could buy one... Yeah. I might give that a go, you know. Sounds like it's worth a try, isn't it? But, um... Wow. And it, okay, so if you rent 25 movies from Blockbuster on demand for $99, you get, you get the actual... They're calling it the Media Point Player for free. Yeah. Uh, and... Oh, wow, that's just fantastic. Uh, it says DVD quality, okay, so it's not HD. Um, yeah, but I guess, you know, it's not HD, but still, I mean, 99 bucks, and you get a hybrid set to a box, which you can, apparently mm. it's got lots of other media. It's got DLNA and all these other things in it. Yeah, well, right. the, the standard two-wire device does anyway. Right, that's cool. And everyone's so, saying it's a Linux box, so it's going to be eminently hackable. Yeah, so 99 bucks, and you get 25 yeah. movie rentals. Looks like a, you know, knocks Can't Apple really TV into that. a cocked hat, doesn't it? I mean... <laughs> Well, exactly. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to be in the US next week, so maybe I'll see if I can pop into pick a blockbuster. One pick one up. Oh, I'm sure I can find a blockbuster. No, I be, I, actually, I've got some other news which I haven't really talked about yet because in the wrong section. But uh, I'll write it down on my notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, Very cool. All right. That's mm. um, well. That's nice. I mean, uh, blockbuster had to do something. Uh, to, well, they uh, obviously had something in the wings, age. but yeah, yeah. Well, this is a, a new amazing thing. We'll, we'll find out, but um, yeah. Very interesting. I know they've been working on this for quite some years, in fact, so I'm hopeful that, that they've put the time and energy and effort into it to actually come up with something, you know, like a good product day one, as opposed mm. to just getting something out there. Well, I mean, that sounds... I mean, the, this box has got Wi-Fi, Ethernet, HDMI. It's like a... Crikey, it's got everything. Yeah. Nice you one. Get one right, well, I'll <laughs> grab one for you as well, James. <laughs> Stick that in my hand carry yeah. luggage. I guess you might no have worries. to pretend you're from America or something. So you have to make up a social security <laughs> number. Not that we're endorsing that, but uh, <laughs> I have to practice my accent. Yeah. The well, they probably think you just say you're from Chicago or something. They want <laughs> well, I, I went to a conference in San Diego um, mm. earlier on this year. And uh, the guy who was at registering at the conference desk was pretty cheeky and, you know, I come up with my Australian accent and, 
say who I am and wanted to register and stuff. And he goes, oh, your accent. Are you from Kentucky? <laughs> I went, no, I'm from Australia. And he went, which state's that? <laughs> he was like, oh, no, it was a joke. I went, oh, okay. So is that where people, you know, uh, maybe that's the equivalent of Tasmania for, you know, well, in the US, I don't know. <laughs> well, you have to find find out next time. I'm sure, there's, if you can, you know, the blockbuster staff aren't going to be much on that. If they have shops anymore, I guess this is the death knell for the shops. It's weird. It'd be like, um, you know, the shops are selling yeah, something that's just going to put them out of business. Precisely. Why would you? I mean, and all the blockbuster stores are all franchises. So, yeah, would you come into our store and buy something which will close us down? Please come in. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Mm. Maybe the, the staff should be smashing them up. Um, anyway, um, I also watched a bit of the BBC when I was eating my toast this morning. I watched it live streaming on the internet. So Wow, did it work? Yeah. That's very cool. Using the so iPlayer kind of stuff. Um, seemed okay. So this is, this is extending the BBC iPlayer, which till now has been downloadable episodes or yeah. uh, streaming of episodes. And now this is actually live BBC 1, 2, 3, 4. Is it? I thought, it was, just one and, I thought it was just 1 and 2, but it's the whole whack, is it? The whole lot. Uh, yeah, three, four, CBBC, CBBS, which I well, presume is there's not enough younger, time in the day. BBC News and all the other ones. That's fantastic. That is GOIP, so, so you can't watch it outside the US unless you use a weird proxy. <laughs> I'm sure. I guess. Although I guess that's, that must be a little chasing game with the proxy people saying, "Oh, that's a that's a proxy we know about." You go through that, <laughs> and you won't be used. Well, yeah. I mean, the the other aspect is. Um, if you're going to be watching it from, and this is the this is the thing, if you're going to be watching it from the other side of the planet, then you're going to be completely the wrong time zone. So, well, but if it's but, news uh, or stuff, you know, it, it, oh, if it's news, yeah. doesn't matter. Eh? Yeah, it's true. This is true. There might be something you might want to watch, but then you could always watch it if you're doing that. You could just watch the episodes on demand, so it's not so much of an issue, mm. is there any? Um, what I also do? Oh, I also got an email warning from my ISP saying you've used too many gigabytes of stuff. Oh no! <laughs> so for that, you're with BT, are you? Yeah. So I get 16 mm. gigabytes or something a month, which is you know okay. some people will be going, ha ha, that isn't minimal. Um, <laughs> but I think what it is is because I've I've plugged my Apple TV in again recently and I've subscribed to some HD podcasts. All right, you reckon that's it? Yeah, because I mean you get like something like uh, Callie Lewis's Geek Brief. Mm-hmm. It's only three minutes long, HD. but it's 720p, three minutes every day. Mm, that would certainly add up, wouldn't it? Yeah. And there's some other stuff that I get. I might have to de- desubscribe to some of the podcasts too. Uh, <laughs> especially as I don't really watch that, you know. Um, <laughs> end up being very expensive. the principle of the thing. They charge like 60 pence a gigabyte for, if you go over the, the cap. Big, so. big. Uh, Still, um, <clears throat> back in the day when the internet was young, it used to be about 19 cents a meg. So that's... Yeah. Uh, Mm. It's not bad these days. Those days with my 300 board modem downloading. I know exactly when. Things. <laughs> when a gigabyte was the biggest number in the world. Text-based browsers. Oof, those so what's days. this about uh, Sling and Hulu? What's going on there? Um, well, I don't, think, I don't know what's happening with Sling and Hulu. It's more Sling has launched their own... Obviously, Sling boxes make these sort of media things where you can plug a Sling box in and watch your own TV at home on the internet. They mm-hmm. basically seem to have matched that up with a portal, which is offering not just your TV, but I guess other channels of TV. So you can mm-hmm. watch your television and premium content at the same and time. someone else's television. I don't think you no. can watch other people's stuff. Um, you basically kind of... Licensed content. Yeah, you kind of sign up online and it links in your mm-hmm. Slingbox account with your online account. Ah, um, cool. But... Uh, so do you reckon Sling did this to make all the media companies happy that... Um, you know, 
they're they're basically. I'm not quite sure why. If you had access to stuff at home, why would you want to watch other stuff online? I don't know. Presumably, stuff that you didn't have available or something. I don't know. Well, it might just be because obviously trying to read your EPG on a slingbox on a <laughs> that is a bit useless. So you know, so maybe it just offers it. It's basically I can see getting in between you and your service provider because mm. they can recommend stuff to you, which may well be on your normal service at home, but mm-hmm. it would be difficult to find through this kind of um, kind of VNC style viewing of television. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the quality well, is going to be better as well. Well, you'd like to think it was. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, at that point you could stream. I mean, that's the fundamental problem with streaming from home. And I've thought about doing this, but I mean, I've got a, I don't know, 16, 24 meg link, right. ADSL link at home, but mm-hmm. it's only, uh, actually it's only one meg up, which is not too bad, but still it's not, um, you know, you, you need a fair amount of bandwidth to get a decent picture. Well, and that's peak, people, presumably. And, and also, mm. I think the you, you have uncapped, do you? Because your upload also counts towards your download stuff as well. Mm, right. Well, that's going to affect things, isn't yeah. it? So if you had a really popular torrent of a Linux distribution at home, for instance, mm. and everyone was just actually, downloading it, that would probably count your allowance as well, wouldn't it? So. Yeah. And most, most ADSL connections in London, as I understand it, the upload speed's around 300. Yeah, that's what I've got. K. Mm. Yeah. Which means that, you know, that means you have to be able to download something at the other end at about 256k, and that's that's kind of yeah. mobile TV bandwidth size type stuff. Mm. Well, I mean, you can do this with other things, like the um, the PlayStation 3, the Play TV thing, if you then, obviously... We've, have you had a go with that? Does that work? Uh, I've seen it, um, but I haven't had a go of it, and obviously now I've sold my PSP. I can't have, mm. you know, that gives you a kind of a slingbox capability, but I haven't uh, mm. had a go. But then you know, I don't watch much TV at home, so... <laughs> quite why well, I'm going to make the effort of watching it when I'm not at home somewhere else. Yeah, I mean that that <laughs> um, true. that would be a bit bizarre. Uh, Maybe just as a you know industry research type thing. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes. I must watch television. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of quite. I guess content is more sort of content changing the way it's delivered and this kind of stuff. So mm. that is a that's bit. true. And we're seeing a few of that. I mean, we're looking at Blockbuster going direct to set up direct to customers mm-hmm. on at home and they set the boxes. BBC going live over the internet, uh, Sling taking some of Hulu's content and other content and making that available. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, things are still progressing in the content world. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they are. Uh, things aren't changing. And I guess the, you've got that writing on the wall with the way music's gone. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, I guess, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, things are liberalizing somewhat um i've been watching a bit of 3d stuff recently have you seen any new oh, 3D? how was that that's quite cool actually i was at a conference recently watching some 3d content um but with it's the best way is definitely with not the red and green stuff i mean if you should uh-huh. go to there's some theaters in london that show 3d content and there's some new mm. movies coming out which are just 3d uh I'm well not just 3d that. but they're quite cool but there's a really good youtube because i was reading concert. that uh some of the uh, NFL games in the US, you can go to a local theatre now and mm. see them in the few trials to, do, to actually watch them in 3D. Yeah, yeah. I did, I've seen some um, rugby in 3D and that looks pretty awesome, to be honest. It's, it's oh, just, um, cool. it's a different feeling. Because, yeah. mm. I mean, the, the nice thing about being at the game is being, you know, at the game, uh, which obviously you see in 3D when you're there, but um, if you can't actually be at the game, uh, being seeing it in a big theatre with it in 3D, but also... You know, the, the nice thing about watching games like that on television is, you know, the cl- you get close to the action, you can see people's faces, you can mm-hmm. see what's going on. 
and seeing that in 3D as well, which would, that would be very cool, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also weird because we're also, our brains are trained to watch stuff in 2D. Yeah, I guess we are. So We've been watching it's, it's 2D a bit freaky. movies and mm-hmm. things. Uh, and you almost have like a vomitometer, which to sort of... <laughs> <laughs> that's right, because that's all the whole problem, isn't yeah. it? That you, you can actually uh, disorientate the brain enough to bring your beer back yeah, up. Yeah, and older brains are not good at that. So, uh, mm. But it's, I mean, have a, it's worth a, worth a look. I think it's going to come, and I think it'll be in, in theatres. I mean, there's people saying it's going to save the movie theatre. 3D because mm. it'll be harder to get it in the home. But you know, if you've got a, um, you might have to wear glasses at home. You have to wear glasses in the theatre as well. But um, yeah. you know, the week I think. But if you if you're kind of out of the theatre, it's more a kind of you know you're doing something. You you're in a you're in a different place and a different mm. you know you have glasses on. It's it's a bit different to um, being at home and just wanting to relax on the couch. Yeah. And, I mean, the other perspective you know, is if it was a home movie, it wouldn't be like mm-hmm. just watching your home movies. It would like be being there again. Because mm. it'd be like looking at it through your eyes, so I think that's going to be quite mm. kind of interesting. And there will be. Well, I did see that uh, Blu-ray have released a standard for putting 3D movies on at HD kind of level on Blu-ray discs. I've already seen one of those. I watched Journey to the Center of the Earth on 3D, ah, but that was the really? red and green stuff, bit bit cheesy, and more of this kind of you mm. know where they poke stuff out of the screen rather than. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, so there are. I guess I think the challenges <laughs> at the moment are more with the codecs and stuff like that. So. Yeah, funnily enough, I did actually watch um, Journey to the Center of the Earth on uh, an airplane. Right. And the picture was quite good, but there was a whole, there was a whole bunch of scenes where they were clearly trying to make use of the whole 3D picture <laughs> thing. Yeah, so it was, like, and it's not know, well, the best movie, with I must say, but. Uh. <laughs> I was actually pretty harmless. I had low expectations and, and I was actually fairly impressed with my low expectations. And you don't have a it Blu-ray was, player yet, do you? So. No, no, although... The way that um, the prices of these consoles are coming down, I, I might be tempted to get one of these PS3 soon. Mm. Especially if Little Big Platinum Planet seems to be as good as everyone says it is. Mm. I'm like sure Woolworths, fun game. as they're going out of business, will do you a deal. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'll pick one up pretty cheap. Mm. Uh, dear. Um, so, uh, moving on. Onto our, uh, <laughs> onto our iPhone, I mean, mobile yeah. TV section. <laughs> yeah, mobile discussion. <laughs> um, did you download that Google search thing? Yeah, I did actually, and uh, so you can. Uh, it worked really well for me. If it was quiet, it would just. Right. It was very uh, quite a cool way because, especially with my broken keyboard. Um, yeah, because it allows you to speak your requests as opposed to having to. Yeah, but it just yeah. basically there's a, a simple Google search on it. Um, mm. But it works pretty effectively, actually. I quite like it. Yeah, I did a few ones and was pretty impressed with it. Then I went to show someone else and. And I'd say something and it'd come up with something completely different. And I'd go, oh, well, I'll try it again. And it'd come up with something completely different again. And it, so it was actually quite embarrassing. But it, if you speak slowly and clearly. Yeah, not with no uh, stress. It's okay. Yes. So, <laughs> it was um, fine. But, it, but apparently the story behind that is they'd be using some undocumented APIs mm. about audio capture and stuff like that. Yeah, allowing to... Uh, apparently there's no API to detect... Uh, to uh, engage the presence detector, right? But they've used which is it, how yeah. the iPhone detects when you're when you've got it up against your ear or you've pulled it away. Yeah, to stop you activating the buttons and stuff. So they've used that one, mm. um, which is and and you know I think there's there's a whole jury out on you know what apps is Apple letting through the store and not in the store and all this mm. kind of stuff. Um, did they just let Google through because they're nice and they're their best mates? Um, <laughs> Probably. Oh, Google, you know, or is it just they've got clever people who've sniffed out and worked out what they are and tried it out mm, and done it? Okay, um, what they want to do, yeah. They clearly can't test these apps, all of them, anyway. So no, um, but I mean, it makes perfect sense that uh, 
you're able to, I mean, it, it, in terms of what the, the way the Google search works is that you, you pick the phone, instead of typing on it, you pick it up and put it to your ear and then you talk. And so at that point it starts recording the audio and then processes it. Does it does a beep, doesn't it? It beeps and then you speak and then mm. it, then you stop and it stops beeping, sends the sample back to the server and then makes a reasonable guess as to what you said and puts I it mean, in the Having that API makes it a very, you know, an, mm. a nice experience. Without that, yeah, I mean, I've got another app here that, um, I think it's called Say Who or something like that. Uh, yeah, Say Who. Right. And it's so that you can say who you want to talk to instead oh, yeah, of actually I've, having I've to. Seen links. Yeah. Um, but it's actually a bit clunky because when you run it, you have to, um, it's got a, it takes a while to initialize. You have to learn it is about to learn five seconds. your addresses and stuff. No, not even that. It's like, it says what name or number, then you have to, you have to press the screen while you're talking, which is a very unintuitive kind of thing because <laughs> you really want to stick this up against your face, not actually hold it out in front of have you. Have you, um, being a musical chap, have you tried the app? And it's the ocarina or something where you blow into the microphone and no, you can modulate the, the pitch of the notes coming out by touching points on the screen. I think it's an ocarina. Yeah, cool. That sounds good. So you hold it like it. a flute and you blow. Right. And it, it, oh, it okay. knows right, there's right. noise coming in through the microphone. And yeah. then you can you know, play your notes by <laughs> using your fingers on the top. <laughs> that sounds great. I've been playing with a game called Bloom, uh-huh. uh, which is by Brian Eno, who's... <clears throat> Famous for this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, it it uh, it's basically kind of a generative music program, which kind of makes makes wild and crazy bits of music. Here you go. Here's a bit of a sample. So you kind of click on the screen, and it kind of gives you a bit of a. Well, I saw the know, Ministry of Sound component. had a, an app out for doing samples and stuff, so you could make your funky beats and vibes as well. Yeah, this um, is not kind of funky. It's kind of it's ambient. Um, the word? <laughs> yeah, ambient. That's the word here. Music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's amusing. To so look out for his new album, Muzak. <laughs> yeah, that's right. With ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's uh, so lots of funky apps still there on the iPhone. I, I upgraded mine to the new version of um, firmware 2.2. Um, haven't seen any of the Street View stuff yet. Um, yeah, it's pretty have cool. You seen it in you London, can, uh, do they have that? No, uh, they don't have it in in the UK yet. They have it in but Australia. But they've got all the cars is, driving around, haven't they? Yeah, they've been recording it, uh, but they haven't done anything with it yet. Right. Uh, but in Australia, they've mapped pretty much every street in the whole country. It's astonishing the amount of data. So how does that? I mean, I, I haven't seen it. How do you, if you put in your you know your folks' place in Canberra, does it? How do you yeah. know there's Street View available? Uh, well, you've either, either got to drop a pin, right, or put an address in, which get, gets a pin. And when you click on the pin uh, on the left hand side, there's a new little icon, a little orange one. And if you click on the orange okay. icon, uh, right. then you get Street View. Ah, okay. And it works exactly the way you think it should. and morphs into a street view and you can scroll around with your fingers and, yeah, okay. so I can have a look at my parents' house, street view or something. Are they there? Are they, can you see if they're in? <laughs> Their car's parked out the front, so I guess they're in. How <laughs> <laughs> spooky is that? <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's very cool. Are they quite high resolution pictures? Yeah, it's all exactly as you'd expect. It's very nice. Wow. Very nice. An amazing amount of data. Um, okay, moving on. Um, Nokia. Pulling out of Japan, sort of. What's all this about? Mm, so, uh, I mean, Nokia is the biggest manufacturer of mobiles in the world, and Japan mm. is the biggest consumer of mobiles in the world. Uh, strangely enough, Nokia has decided that its plans to stop stop selling phones there. It was only this Virtu one, isn't it? This one, you know, the diamond-studded phones. Uh, do you reckon? Yeah, that's what it says. Oh, no, it doesn't plan to stop selling them. It's going to sell all the others, but it's... Right, gonna... right, yeah, okay. So it's going to sell the expensive ones. Yeah. Uh, they're very expensive, is, and I guess they're going to get their low-end ones from like, Africa and India and stuff. Oh, which yeah. they don't have. I mean, 
I guess, uh, you know, I mean, they, they blame the current economic climate, but I'm, I'm really surprised that they'd want to pull out altogether. That's, it's still a massive market for selling phones, but then I don't think, I don't think many of Nokia's phones for some reason have taken off particularly well in, in the US. Well, they didn't have, I mean, obviously yeah, they're Japan. famous for the GSM market mm. and obviously Japan is, is doing their own thing standard wise. And it's only now yeah. Nokia have been able to get into the market with 3G being mm. some sort of global roaming kind of mm. arrangement. So they're pretty late to the party. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, uh, Nokia sell, sold less than one percent of Japan's phone market. Yeah, and they've got a focus where they can, I guess. You know. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, mm. Now, gaming. Um, mm-hmm. I got an invitation to the uh, Sony Home today. Oh, um, cool! Which I haven't had a look at yet. Um, I'm hoping to look at it later this afternoon. Um, Great. So maybe you can tell us about it's it next a, week. There's a one-time code they give you, and you've got to use it within three days. Oof, gee, that's pressure, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, you you know you're not. <laughs> but I think they've expanded the the home trial to uh, like 100,000 people or something like that. Wow. So, so, I'm so you're in the, the trial. That's really cool. Yeah. Woohoo. Um, but then, I mean, I heard something the other day that only 30% of PlayStation 3s are connected. So, so the internet, do you mean? Yeah. Mm. It's not very um, much. No. I, I mean, thought the whole point was all the multiplayer gaming and all that. Well, but it's probably only the hardcore gamers. I mean, if it's, if it's for a family box, I mean, mm. it's probably in a separate room. The internet's mm. not there. Maybe, mm. you know, the Wi-Fi configuration isn't. Right. So, we, I mean, it seems pretty easy to do, but, you know, this is, again, this is just some industry figures I've got, but it's not that many are actually connected. Mm. Um, so hopefully next time we, we do 97, we'll have a chance to have a talk about that. Um, mm, that'll be great. Meanwhile, um, PSP and DS, the DS whoops ass, I guess. Is that the, yeah, uh, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I, I mean, my standard rant about the PSP is that it's a great little device that Sony really didn't make the most of. Uh, and they it shows that it, funny disc format, which was weird. I mean, that's yeah, they did the funny disc format. They had um, all the games for the PSP seem to be either soccer games or. Um, and the report that they've got in this article refers to the fact that the DS has had 653 titles released and they sell on average about 163,000 units per game, whereas the mm. PSP has a mere 396 titles yeah. uh, with an average of 133,000 units. And a higher game. attachment rate, I think, is the, from the DS people buy 4.8 games, whereas PSPs purchase 4.2. And I think mm. it's the attachment rate which they make the money Absolutely. on it. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I think um, the other interesting fact was that uh, on the PSP there were three titles that sold a million copies whereas on the DS there's been about 20 different games that have sold wow. a million units so that's quite a quite a difference in terms yeah. of uh, really popular games. So uh, and, and as we know the, the DSi the next version of the Nintendo DS is out now. Right, which has just got a slightly bigger screen, a little camera on the back, but other than that... Other than that, pretty similar, I think. Mm. Yeah, and I think it dropped support for the old Game Boy games. Yeah, I think so it dropped, dropped it out. It'll be interesting mm. to see how... I don't, actually, I don't know if the DSi is out in the UK yet. I know it's out in Japan. Yeah. Um, interesting to see how that goes. It's got... They've sold 170,000 in, in Japan yeah. well, so I mean, far. is it replacing the old one or not? It's just a... I presume so, but it, it doesn't sound like it's any new technology yeah. or new anything. You think they just try and preserve the margin or something and yeah. just I mean, add in a way little the, feature. The Nintendo DS and the Nintendo DS Lite were essentially the mm. same machine, just with um, you know a better screen and 
a slightly yeah. different form factor. Mm. So it's all it's all happening. It'll be interesting yeah. to see in the next few weeks as Christmas um, tries to tempt people out to actually buy things in the shops. Yeah, have you got any you know games that you want to get? Are you going to go for a you know major console or something? Or? You know, I actually wouldn't mind a, a new TV, and uh, you know, I can't make up my mind between a PS3 or you're an Xbox. You're the only 360. guy I know with a CRT. <laughs> yeah, I know it's embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but the Xbox 360, the prices have just plummeted. In the US, they're one hundred and ninety nine dollars. Wow, which is you know that's just it's it's an easy choice at that point. And the UK, mm. I think it's uh, was one hundred and thirty nine pounds, something like that. Wow! Which you know is getting to the point of the cost of a DS, even. And you yeah, but a, it can't play your Blu ray discs, can yeah, it? Yeah, that's, that's the, the thing, and I quite like to be able to play some Blu ray mm. discs. Well, make sure you get a, a an H three D ready TV, so it's got to be able to run Ooh. at one hundred and twenty hertz at least. One hundred and twenty hertz. Okay, cool. Definitely need to do some three D action at home. That would be great. HDMI one point three. Okay. But, uh, Good tip, James. Yeah. All right, and uh, I think that brings us to our final fabulous story. Yeah, which has got me staying awake at night. Um, <laughs> so this is, I mean, this is your story. This is your fine, James. So yeah. please, please tell us about this. This, story. this um, Mr. Wu from China uh-huh. is into building robots. Right. And I think these are probably more automatons rather than robots, I think, mm-hmm. looking at it. And we've got a picture here of some... Guy, it's kind of a bit like Westworld. He's like a roller skating kind of um, robot type of thing, but it's a cowboy. And I've just looked between his legs, and it doesn't look pretty. <laughs> so, I mean, they, <laughs> he's built this army of these crazy robots, and he, the, he's, he's a he calls them um, Wu Number One through Wu Twenty Six, <laughs> and they're all his sons. So, it must be no, oh, my right, sons. And Wu Twenty Five, a robot which can pull a rickshaw, which is this one that looks a bit like a cowboy, but a very scary one. Um, and not surprisingly, like all good geeks, his wife wants to lose him and he's lost all his money. <laughs> because he um, spends all his money building robots. <laughs> building robots. Uh, um, but, you know, there's... Sorry, Woo. And he builds a robot to tow him around in a cart. I mean, <laughs> where are the lasers? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, good, good um, to see people. Good on you, Mr. Woo. I mean, I, you know, obviously every, every man dreams of building his own robot, but... Uh, yeah, but having your own robot army, that's something else. Fantastic. Yeah, and they do things like um, climb walls, serve water, light cigarettes, play musical instruments, and write in calligraphy. So, wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So nice if we get Mechanical Turks, we've got a mechanical rickshaw-pulling cowboy. <laughs> well, I think well that done, about wraps us up for this week, I think. Mm. Indeed. So, James, it's been a pleasure as always. I hope you have a great as week. As always. Yeah, and if people want to drop us a line, um, do drop us a line. Feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. That would be great. And uh, we hope you'll continue listening. Tell your friends, write a review on iTunes, and we'll... We'll see you next week. Yeah, you'll listen to us next week. You will. (laughs) Bye from me, James. And bye from Ian. Cheers. Bye. Bye.